everyone. Welcome to the Charvak Podcast. This is Kushal Mehra. All right, my guest today is Ujjal Dosanji. Ujjal ji is an author. He's former health minister, minister of health Canada. He was also the British Columbia Attorney General, a member of parliament from Vancouver South and the 33rd premier of British Columbia. But more than that, uh, if I was to say this, uh, I have been going back and forth to Canada for the last two decades now. And Ujjal sir is probably the most respected voice of India in in the entire diaspora for me in Canada. And it is a personal honor for me that he has come on this podcast. I've looked up to him. I found out about him when I moved to Canada. I've looked up to him. I got the privilege of meeting him for the first time actually in my life last month. And I told him that I always listen to you and I So sir, thank you very much for coming. Happy to be with you. So sir, uh, let's start with this. Now it's been almost a week since uh, whatever. I, I mean, we don't need to tell people what 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 has gone down, uh, whatever has uh, gone down between India and Canada. So, if I was to ask you, what were your initial reactions when you actually first heard of this? Well, I was um, in a bit of a shock um, about the content of the of the uh, statement Mr. Trudeau made. I. I wasn't surprised something like that might occur if it's true, if what he alleged is true. Um, I wasn't surprised because um, I know that uh, India has been at the receiving end um, from some of these um, Khalistanis sitting abroad. And uh, that doesn't mean India is justified in doing what it's doing. I think it's against the international law. Just because U.S. and Russia and others uh, kill people in other countries doesn't mean that India should do it. Um, you know, India has arrived uh, in terms of its economic might and in terms of its influence in the world. These these kinds of things, uh, you know, take India down a notch, at, at least in the eyes of countries that are smaller, less powerful, like countries like Canada, Australia, New Zealand, um, even Britain now, um, you know, uh, so I think that from that point of view, um, I was sad too, because I think that um, I think that India, even though a democracy faultier than perhaps Canadian democracy, but still it's a democracy and uh, and, you know, democracies generally are allies and friends. And uh, and so I was sad to see tension between my mother country and my adopted country and I and that is hard but sir uh now here's so let's get right into it now as far as we understand the prime minister of canada justin trudeau made certain allegations on the the house of in the house of commons then um the indian side as much as the last uh, 6 hours ago when we had a recent uh, piece in the hindustan times the indian side and even the indian intelligence sources have been quoted uh, in that piece shishir gupta is no uh, you know ramana of the mill journalist he's a veteran indian journalist he's very well respected in international arena and india even now is categorically denying of receiving any evidence from the Canadian side and and even the Canadian version of things keeps changing and hopping from one place to the other. Now, we don't want to get into the, you know, kerfuffle of, oh, 
वट इज अ क्रेडिबल एलिगेशन वट इज क्रेडिबल एविडेंस बिकॉज ऑनेस्टली सर वो करके कुछ मिलेगा नहीं बट वट हैज वरीड मी एंड वाई आई रीच आउट टू यू सर इज द मोस्ट इंपॉर्टेंट रीजन इज द मोमेंट दिस ब्रोक डाउन आई आई वॉज फ्लडेड विथ ई मेल्स नाउ you know uh, i i have gained a certain level of uh, listener base amongst the diaspora here in canada too and i have a huge listener base in india too so the diaspora was really tensed and and you know everybody just wrote to me kya kare samajh mein nahi aa raha kind of a situation right? we don't know how to react to this like why is uh, and 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 on top of that now you had the latest uh, you know uh scan scandal now that uh, actual nazi was there in the in the parliament and everybody was clapping now in sir, such a scenario if if i was an indian don't you think an indian would be like color me skeptical but your allegations don't seem to be credible because you can't even vet an actual nazi entering your parliament well you know these things do happen and um and uh i i was i was glad that the um that the speaker apologized because um and and acknowledged that it was his fault it was his constituent that he had introduced who happened to be a nazi and uh had been whitewashed and cleaned up uh, to to be uh, an allied soldier during the second world war and i think that was a mistake but going back to the um uh, original issue um i think um I think countries in this kind of a situation usually make allegations and they deny allegations and and um, you know international affairs are usually quite muddled and only sort of minds who pay a lot more attention to these than us can disentangle what's going on and uh, and uh, you know I think suffice it to say that a man has been killed. I don't I didn't know the man um good bad or ugly um I believe in an ideal world um you know countries shouldn't go across borders killing its perceived or real enemies but having said that um you know I don't think the west has any uh, right to kind of judge India because west itself has been doing the same over the decades not just killing its enemies you know the US or Russia killing its enemies but in fact uh, you know taking out whole governments and and uh, establishing dictatorships in their place in the past so i think that that if we get into that blame game um, it, it would not be a, a fruitful discussion but the fact is that um, there is a, a significant m- movement in canada um that is bent upon uh making efforts to dismember india and my beef with the with the government of canada the politicians in canada has been that they've always taken refuge under sort of the freedom of expression uh rubric freedom of expression is very important it's fundamental to a democracy and if somebody wants khalistan they they should be able to say they want khalistan but I think it's the obligation of uh, a government in Canada, a friendly country to India, to say, uh, "Sir, Khalistani sir or ma'ams, um, you may ask for Khalistan, but we don't support the dismemberment of India." If somebody had ever said that out loud several times in the last few years, this movement will be next to dead in Canada. When it when. people perceive that the larger society won't tolerate 
what we're trying to do, then people uh, back off. Um, and that has never been done. In fact, you know, it's always, uh, there's a perception uh, and it has some basis in truth that Justin Trudeau has been um, surrounded by Khalistani sympathizers and supporters. Um, and not because they can, uh, you know, uh, they are a huge voting bloc. I don't think they're, they number more than five or six percent amongst the Sikh population. Um, but they can, that five or six percent can win you a, a close riding. And and I think that that um, that is the the fly in the ointment that uh, that we need to understand. Sir, so the biggest problem in this entire scenario, and I don't need to tell you because I don't know how many of my young listeners, because a good thirty percent of listeners who watch this on YouTube or listen to the audio version are under the age of twenty five, and I would like to. I know up. It was in the year 1985, if I remember, that you were brutally attacked by the same elements that we are talking about. And 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 I still remember Aapkebad uh, Balraj Dale Saab was attacked. And I clearly remember Dale Saab telling me how you were the first person to reach out to Dale Saab, even when you were under, uh, you were still recuperating from the injuries. Even then, you had reached out to Dale Saab and you reached out to him and you helped him. Sir, this is wo five, six percent numbers were okay, sir, but there up. You know it very well. I know it very well. What the community, forget the Hindu community, what the Sikh community of Canada has to go through in terms of bullying, physical uh, attacks, and, and the intimidation that people, average innocent people have to face. And in, in such a scenario, isn't it the responsibility of the political class? I know you were also a part of the political class and you were attacked when you were part of the political class too. But isn't it the responsibility of the politicians then to say enough is enough? We, we just can't let this menace hang around? Oh, I, I think that um, it is the responsibility of the politicians. You know, a lot of people say, well, why isn't the other 95% saying something? You know, it's, I mean, people have no obligation to confront these chaps. Um, and, you know, even those who confronted them in the past, sometimes they get tired, they get old. You know, they, they say, all right, it's not my fight. I've done enough. Human beings get tired. And I think that... Uh, that's that fatigue has happened in, in Canada on that issue. So the other 95% have simply said, you know, let them carry on, uh, let India deal with it, let the government of Canada deal with it. And I think that's, I think that's wrong. It's, uh, but I can't, you know, I can't persuade people to stand up and speak in their homes in the evenings at dinner parties and others. You hear them saying, look, these people are causing problems for us. We have families back home. We have property back home. We go back almost every year. Like I go back almost every year to see the land and see the people and see friends. Although I have no family left in India other than a cousin who just passed away and, and her children in UP. Um, so I think that, that it is important not to expect anything from ordinary people, uh, you know, in terms of this fight. But it is important to say, Yes, we're worried. The other thing I think it, that's important for me to say 
some of us have never looked at the Indian community as like, I don't look at Indians as Sikhs, Hindus, Muslims, Christians. I look at Indians as Indians. I don't look at Canadians. I don't believe in identity politics. Um, I think that I think that's the death of democracy eventually, if you keep real democracy. Uh, so for me, uh, you know, Indian community is Indian community. Uh, and and some of us happen to be of one faith, others of many others. And um, and so I was really shocked. Uh, and I was actually angry at Mr. Pannu coming to Surrey recently and uh, making, you know, idiotic statements such as, you know, expel Hindus from Canada. Um, and And I have, you know, and I was glad to see that politicians uh, rose to the occasion and condemned his statement. Um, but had they condemned separatist activities on Canadian soil long time ago, we wouldn't be here. And that's a point that I keep making again and again, because these politicians need to understand that they have an obligation. If they don't support dismemberment of India, then they have an obligation to say, we don't support the dismemberment of a friendly country. We support the national unity and integrity of India and its borders. But, you know, nobody says that. And even now, sir, the, the reason for skepticism is like the famous hoarding that was there for weeks outside the, one of the Gurdwaras where you are from right now. You know, it was just taken down now. There is a reason why it got taken down now, because the entire international media landscape was looking at Canada and this was becoming a little too uncomfortable for Canada. So now they had to take it down. But the question is, it was literally calling for the assassination. The words written there were assassination. And this was not there as if, you know, uh, four days ago before or five days ago before Justin Trudeau made this announcement in the House of Commons, this banner. It was there for weeks. Anybody who lives in British Columbia, in Vancouver, in Surrey, in and around that Gurdwara knew that this banner was there all the time. Nobody did anything. But suddenly, because now Canada is getting bad PR, these things go off. So how, how does one take Canada seriously, even now after these banners are taken down or these politicians make these statements? Well, you know, Canada is my adopted home. And so we, we, all countries have faults. And, uh, and one of the faults Canada has is that its politicians, uh, many of them don't have a backbone. Um, and, uh, and that backbone um, only happens when you have some principles. Most people don't go into politics because they have principles. They just go because it's something to do. Um, and the usual story is, oh, I want to give back to the community. Well, sometimes they really have nothing to give back to the community except they're seeking personal glory or personal power. And I, and I actually fault uh, politicians of all stripes uh, in this regard because, uh, you know, is hamam mein sab nange hai. Bilkul. Bilkul, sir. Sare nange hai aur... What hurts me the most is, sir, I'll tell you a personal story. I was there recently in Toronto uh, having a private dinner with a few friends and one of them was a Sikh gentleman. Now, sir, we were talking in Punjabi. I will do the translation in Hindi and English for, for, our, for the benefit of our, of our audiences. And one line really hurt me. And, and I'll tell you why it hurt me. is because the Gurdwara is not a Sikh place of worship. It's a Punjabi place of worship. 
और इंडियन प्लेस ऑफ वर्शिप हमारे कल्चर yes. में कभी ये नहीं था कि मंदिर सरदारों ने नहीं जाना और गुरुद्वारे हिंदुओं ने नहीं जाना हम तो दोनों जगहों पे जाते थे अभी भी ऐसा ही होता है अभी भी ऐसी हिंदुस्तान में या अभी भी होता है एंड देन बातें करते करते जेंटलमैन टोल्ड हिम यार मैं अपने बच्चों को अभी गुरुद्वारे नहीं भेजता जेंटलमैन टोल्ड मी क्यों क्या हो गया बोलते यार यहाँ तो ये हाल है कि गुरुद्वारा है कि मदरसा है मुझे कुछ समझ में नहीं आ रहा है इतना ब्रेन वॉश करते हैं हमारे बच्चों को सर वेर डिड द कम्युनिटी गो रॉन्ग ये कहाँ पहुंच गए हम लोग की सिखों ने अपने बच्चों को गुरुद्वारे भेजना बंद कर दिया well you know i'm not i'm not an expert on religion uh, i uh, so i won't make a commentary on religion or what's happening to the religion but i know um i'm quite secular i never spoke to my own children about religion or caste uh, until my middle son who was a second year ubc student at that time came running home and said dad dad are we jats he couldn't even say jat um uh, because we'd never talked about this he learned about caste from university from other children other students who who brought that from their homes and um unfortunately um there has been a, a huge propaganda by the khalistanis in this country and other western countries that sikhs and hindus have hated each other for centuries the fact is until quite recently in many Hindu families, the firstborn male used to be made a Sikh to wear a turban and have a beard. Uh, there are families still like that in India, where the eldest is a Sikh and others are practicing Hindus, and they live together. And so, but these elements, separatist elements, have been successful in spreading misinformation uh, about the truth about Hindus and Sikhs. The, and and part of the reason. I mean, some people may have grievances about '84 and what happened in Delhi and other cities, or what happened at the Golden Temple. I'm sure they have grievances, and some of them are legitimate. But in India, because people live together, intermarry, our friendships—you know, centuries-old relationships—and there was never an intention ever until 1984. Um, and but some of us are feeding the West, in particular, this. this misinformation this history that i'm not aware of where it comes from that somehow hindus have always hated sikhs and sikhs are being persecuted in punjab which is not the case um because i was in punjab in may i mean I, of course please you know please have done dumb dumb stuff uh, in, in the 80s and they i mean indian police is known for doing right stuff all the time and and police excesses um and torture and and other things ought to be condemned they deserve to be condemned but to say that sikhs as a community are persecuted is just the most bizarre thing you can hear and these foreign journalists canadian journalists western journalists keep repeating that assertion to people like me when they're interviewing me but sir then what what do you think why have we come here the way we have that as you say journalists across the globe keep coming and telling you a literal veteran of the indo canadian community of the indian community probably the most respected voice from canada where literally agar aap bologe to log aapko sunenge i mean i lit, even last month when i was there in the audience the moment you spoke everybody shuts up and because that's how you you know you've worked for the community for so long but then 
द कॉन्डिसेंडिंग वॉइसिस और और ये ऐसा नहीं होता है कि हमारे ओरिजिन के लोग होते हैं I mean, I meet some random white guy telling me about my country as if I don't know anything. So, how do we correct them then? Well, I think I think it it can only be corrected if the politicians educate themselves, uh, and it's an obligation of a politician. If you speak about a particular community, you have an obligation to know. the history of that community know what the reality of that community is or communities are and and in that sense you know i think canadian politicians like most politicians are quite ignorant of uh, other countries um and i don't blame them but it is important if they're going to uh, judge issues in the indo canadian community based on religion or based on history uh, then they should know that in fact uh, you know uh, sikhs aren't only sikhs if, if they wear turbans and have beards there are sikhs like you and i that don't don't have turbans and beards and they're sikhs they're not singhs maybe in that sense um but that basic fact is not known to these people and you know i can't educate everyone in the world so <laughs> i don't consider it my duty to lecture anyone on religion but uh, i i blame the politicians uh, at all levels Uh, and they don't make the effort to to find out the truth and that's why in fact we are in a mess that we are uh, in canada sir the the political landscape now i don't know how many people know about how the liberal party i mean i have to ask you this question is because you were part of the liberal party so and and before somebody thinks i i'm not giving the conservatives a free run uh, i know this khalistani problem is uh, is across political outfits and i want to state this on the record but i have to ask you this question i mean even the mainstream media outlets in canada have covered the story of how you know the more sensible voices in the liberal party amongst the indian community and the sikh community or the hindu punjabi community in uh, the punjabi community yeah. in large they get sidelined uh, the famous case being uh, one of the candidates that you know you had said should have been representing the the liberal party of canada was sidelined for someone who is a current minister i mean uh, everybody knows the story i'm not making it up guys go read cbc cbc covered this it, it's a true story so sir how does aaj sir ye boya tha unhone aaj se 10 15 saal pehle ye bone ke baad ye ye inko phal mil rahe hain main jaan bujh ke ye hindi mein prashn puch raha hu aur punjabi mein bhi puch sakta tha magar magar abhi bhi inko samajh mein nahi aata ki jo inhone boya wo ye ye boya unhone well you you and i have both the larger perspective and the smaller perspective about the community uh some of these politicians uh all they know is political campaigns and polit- and elections and fundraising and activity uh they don't have the perspective um some of them might uh they won't have the perspective that you and I have or the knowledge that you and I might have and I don't fault them for that but I say once again yes moderate voices in the liberal party have been sidelined um nobody sidelined me i was just defeated at the polls and i decided not to run again i was never going to run in fact in the election when i lost the election because the party wasn't doing too well i'm still a member of the of the liberal party um federally and but i provincially have always voted for the ndp still um uh, because i think they are more progressive provincially than the alternative 
but I, I, I agree with you that the separatist elements uh, under the garb of human rights activists and others have infiltrated all political parties. And of course, uh, Mr. Singh leads the NDP and his credentials on India are suspect too. I mean, he's been banned from going to India. Uh, only India can tell why, but I know I have seen uh, videos of him speaking at Sikh sovereignty conferences. Those videos don't exist anymore on, on the net, but I, I'd seen them when he was running for leadership. Um, I know for a fact, I was in fact told after the fact, after the election, that in the last election that I ran in 2011, he was invited by the Khalistanis to come and speak at a conference in Surrey, which headlined, the banner was, Defeat Ujjal Dusanj, and he was the guest speaker. <laughs> Why would a politician from Ontario, <laughs> an NDP politician from Ontario, come and speak in Surrey, not even Vancouver, where my writing is, <laughs> at a conference to defeat me. I mean, you know, it's like, it's not as if I'm a giant, I'm just an ordinary human being. Yeah, and 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 sir, ye, ye jo hai, these stories, I, I, I bet you, because this is the real politic, you know, this is the inside baseball of Canadian politics that most Indians don't know how, how dirty the political landscape of Canada has become. How an honest person, uh, you know, who who actually means well, who wants to do some work for the average Canadian, for the community at large, they, they have been completely sidelined. I mean, just the story when Balraj Dale Saab told me how the Canadian primaries have been hijacked now, that any Onga Ponga, irrespective of them being a registered member of Canada, to the political party, they don't even have to be a Canadian and they can come and vote in the primaries. And this is how primaries are getting hijacked. So, what is the situation well, I think the the I think um, you know for the sake of becoming freer and more freedom loving and more liberal, um, the Liberal Party has opened um, itself to voting by any Canadian, any person who lives in Canada. Uh, you didn't you don't even have to be a member. At least during the time uh, uh, Trudeau was uh, elected, you don't even didn't even have to be a member. Um, you just had to self register. Uh, and say, I, you know, I want to vote. Um, and, and that's, I, I think that politicians do have, the parties have to do a better job at at, at wetting um, politicians and candidates, and they're not doing a very good job. And, you know, we, we are into identity politics, even within political parties. You know, uh, no matter the quality of the candidate, we need we need a Hindu, we need a Sikh, you know, we need a black person, we need a brown person um if if that goes on i think we're in for real trouble in canada but we need to get beyond the skin color beyond religion we need to talk about ideals that we stand for principles that we stand for for the betterment of canada and um, that's usually never a discussion when you're nominating people it's like it's all about you know you vote for me like i'll tell you a story this is a true story 
when I first ran for nomination in 1979, I was asked by veteran NDPers to run. I was a member of the NDP provincially. Uh, and um, and so the other people started signing up against me. So I went and signed people up. So I'm, I'm at, an, uh, this is a true story. I'm at an, at an Indo-Punjabi home. And, um, and so the chap asks me who the other candidates are. And I, and I told him, you know, there is this other person running. And then you may have uh, uh, Sati Pandekur uh, running. Sati Pandekur was the first Indo-Canadian city councillor in Vancouver um, and uh, a well-respected uh, UBC professor uh, of planning. Um, and, um, and so the, the chap says to me, oh, this other Punjabi guy, he is dad. I'm not going to vote for him. Uh, and uh, but Sati, oh, he's not Punjabi. I'm not going to vote for him. I said to the guy, I said, I don't want your vote, just because if you want to vote for me, just because I'm a Punjabi, I don't want your vote. I want your vote if you think I am a better candidate than the other two, if they if they both run. And I didn't sign the chap up. क्या कहेगा आपको पता है यही तो आपकी प्रॉब्लम है पीपल विल गो लाइक यही तो प्रॉब्लम है उज्जल साहब की यही क्यों वो अपने सिद्धांतों में अटक गए राजनीति बदल गई है बट बट इट्स सैड सर अभी क्या बोलूं इवन इन कैलगरी फाल्कन रिज जो एनडीडी एनडीपी कैंडिडेट है आई मीन एवरीबॉडी नोस he is a khalistani sympathizer and supporter like you just have to go to his facebook and scan his facebook oh banda bhi khalistan nu support karta hai like everywhere you go in canada har jagah aap jaoge mar sir mere ko ek baat batao ye matlab aisi besharmi ki bhi had hoti hai ki global mail jaisa mainstream media outlet writes things like mr nijar the plumber sir India has sent dossiers after dossiers. There is an open Interpol red corner notice for Nijjar. I understand Canada finds this disturbing that if proven, India conducted this act. And even I would say it's abominable. As an Indian citizen, I'm not Canadian, I'm Indian, right? But the point is that, you don't plumber to plumber. Plumber, what next? Someone terrorist electrician. Well, I, you know, I didn't know Mr. Niger. Uh, I knew of him because he was written up about uh, all the charges and uh, accusations he was facing from India. Um, I I saw recently his photograph uh, posted online by people, and he is standing there tall with a gun uh, in his hands, right in front of him, holding the gun. Now, that doesn't seem to be a very peace-loving portrait of uh <laughs> of the gentleman so <laughs> i don't you know i let's say no more about that yeah it's it's it's, it's the, really uh, unfortunate I think india could do better and and i'm sorry but this is the truth i mean i was speaking to the journalist this morning one of them said well you know we had sent a list of 10 terrorists to canada canada did nothing but you know india canada have an extradition treaty and pursuant to that extradition treaty, Mr. Sidhu and uh, his sister um, are now being prosecuted in Punjab 
because India sought their extradition. Canada extradited them legally back to India to face charges in the murder of um, um, the, the um, Mr. Sidhu's uh, uh, sister's daughter. Sister and him are both facing those charges in India. So I think it's well and good to alert the government of India, Canada to, uh, to the um, presence of these um, extremists in or terrorists in Canada, if that's the case. But one needs to go beyond that and and begin formal extradition proceedings. Other than you know, otherwise the country can't just pick up somebody and send it to you. But uh, but sir, uh, an Indian journalist Aditya Rajkol was recently reporting that we have formally sent in the last ten years, I think around. 10 plus extradition requests to Canada and, and those extradition requests have not been honored. And in the case of Niger, Pajab police had written to the Canadian authorities and this has been reported uh, exclus- uh, extensively in Indian media. And again, the Canadian authorities did not act on Niger. And these are just the hardcore was realities. It, yeah, well, if, if it was a formal extradition request uh, with, with evidence to back it up and the Canadians took no notice of it, then obviously it's wrong. Hmm. But I, I want to take a few audience I'm, I'm questions. I'm not aware of that. Yeah. I, I want to take a few questions uh, because, you know, not more than 45 minutes. I'm going to stick to the 45 minute la- limit and I'll honor whatever you wanted me to do. So uh, uh, somebody has asked, does Canada believe it's untouchable because 77% of its exports are to USA? So is that the reason they treat international relations in such a lackadaisical manner because they are so isolated? I don't think so. I, I think that, um, you know, uh, the people who do business, uh, they don't really worry about politics, but bis- business people want to make money uh, and they'll go trade with whoever uh, it is profitable for, that, for them to trade with. Um, I, I, you know, I, I mean, that's a question, obviously, uh, that that's begging me to say somehow that Canada is doesn't view India as uh, as a great place to do business with. I think that the truth actually belies that. The fact is that the previous government under Mr. Harper and even under Mr. Trudeau have been negotiating a free trade agreement. They were close to the conclusion of this. Um, I, in fact, met with the High Commissioner, Canadian High Commissioner, um, when they launched my novel at the High Commission, actually, in India. And they were very kind to me. And he had told me that they're very close to concluding the free trade agreement. Um, and so I'm saddened that, that that's no longer proceeding at, at this moment. Um, so I, I think that, you know, these these bumps happen in international relations. It's like any family relationships. Bumps happen. You have to figure them out rather than become jingoistic and start, you know, accusing each other of saying, oh, you are you know, bad to us, we're good to you. Um, I think we need to calm down and figure out how we proceed further. Sir, exactly. Who better to tell people to calm down? I mean, if there ever was an occasion of Mitti Pao, it was this right now. Because uh, believe me when I say this, I mean, you don't know how many calls are coming. I don't know. I get emails on email. Canada people are saying, what's going on? We have tension. You know, why why do we have these bad relations? We're not enemy nations. And especially in the case of Canada, sir, when India is a top 10 trading partner of Canada, I'm not not even making this up. These are like Canadian government statistics that India is number nine. And 
in fact canada has nothing but things to lose by destroying its relationship i even uh, last time terry milevsky was on the podcast i told terry terry why aren't we signing the trade deal and we're we're constantly going into these shenanigans so i completely echo your thoughts uh, another very interesting question about the canadian state capacity was is the state capacity in canada getting deprecated because these symptoms uh, for an outsider they indicate they uh, uh, these incidents indicate symptoms of a broader underlying problem so would is canada having state capacity issues or, or this is just willful ignorance oh i i don't think it's the question of state capacity or lack thereof i think it's a question of political will or lack thereof um and unfortunately uh, the political will to confront this issue of a of a separatist movement like a rootless thing uh, burgeoning in canada whereas in india it's nowhere to be found i mean i was in my village uh, in may there was not a, a, a saffron turban to be found. Lots of turbans, but not a saffron turban to be found. Um, you know, so I think that it's it's a lack of political will. And uh, politicians in Canada, I think that people, Indians or non-Indians, they should talk to their politicians and say, why have you not spoken up on this issue? Why have you not tried and dissuade these people from using Canadian soil to try and dismember a friendly country. I think people need to ask questions of their uh, federal representatives in the House of Commons uh, in that regard. So, sir, someone has uh, asked, uh, how come there is no pushback to the Khalistani nonsense from the wider Canadian populace? They're not just talking about people of Indian origin. Given that Khalistan now has become a front for so many illegal activities like drug trafficking, uh, gang wars, and many other things, because that's a real menace. Like It's not a joke that uh, Surrey is the number one crime hub in terms of absolute statistics, even by Stats Canada. In terms of violence, it's and even Brampton is right there. Yeah, I think part of the reason that the larger society uh, will not say much on this issue, they may feel uh, about it, is because uh, some of us are quick to say, "Oh, you white guys, you are racist. You can't talk about this. You you think all of us are like this." And so, you know, the identity politics has really frightened people away from being able to comment, and that's number one. Number two, I think that we shouldn't expect ordinary people to be fighting these fights. It's not their fight. That's why, in fact, 95% of the Sikhs don't aren't fighting this fight. Um, I mean, if, if they started going to the temples and saying, stop it, you guys, they might stop. But they're not saying that because, well, they're afraid of repercussions, both physical and other. Uh, and they're busy making a living, you know, raising children, grandchildren, taking them to school, taking them to events. Uh, you know, weddings and things and life goes on. Uh, so you can't uh, really transfer that responsibility from the politician's shoulder uh, to ordinary citizen's shoulder. I think it's the politicians that should shoulder that responsibility. South Carolina, America, they did take things into their hands and there were people who had put photos of Pindravale and the, the community inside the Gurdwara, they took all those photos out. They said only Darbar Sahib 
and Gurgrant Sahib will be respected in this area. No other thing will be allowed and they did take them out. So I'm just letting you know. Yeah, well, they, I think same thing Same thing happened in Canada in several Gurdwaras post, post-84, post-85. Um, but in some Gurdwaras, uh, you have uh, all of those portraits, including those of Talvinder Pramar, the Air India terrorist. Um, you know, his portraits hang inside and outside temples. Yeah, it's very interesting. I saw Gurdwara in, in California where uh, I don't know why they think uh, walking over Narendra Modi and the India flag makes a, makes a, a statement of any any sort. But yeah, it's, it's, it's funny. I mean, uh, the things they do. But sir, before we, before we wrap the discussion up, uh, once again, a lot of people are worried and they, they literally want to know what is the road ahead, sir? So, Abhi, as they say, so what do we do now? So what do you think? Has the Liberal Party asked you? Oh no. <laughs> I I just paid the annual annual uh, Laurier um, uh, you know fee to uh, to uh, Liberal Party. They don't ask anybody, even the former Prime Minister Jean Chrétien was heard to complain um some months ago that no nobody ever talks to him so you know the, the political culture in these countries is such that uh, once you're gone you're gone generally speaking and i'm one of those and i have no no problem with that i i you know enjoy my time off um i think that the the, the best we can do is um you know not make outrageous statements not cause uh, fear to be spread further um and and not and not begin to look at at least within the Indian community at people as Hindus and Sikhs um, because I think that when we want to talk about the community for me Indo-Canadian community is one and and just because you know Pannu has said something that is absolutely horrible but there is a 500-year history of Hindu-Sikh relations closeness, uh, family ties, every, every other tie that you can imagine, um, uh, to to actually um, confront whatever is being alleged by uh, by Mr. Pannu. And I think he should be ignored. That's the best thing you can do to someone like that. And I must say, I was shocked at what he said. And I was glad, as I said earlier, that the politicians came out and and condemned him, the next step is to make sure that he's never allowed back into Canada to spread hatred. Yeah, I, I hope um, they listen to you. But, uh, sir, on behalf of everyone, and I know on behalf of the entire community in Canada, I, I really want to thank you. You've been a voice of sanity for many decades now for the Indian community. Aapne, you know, with great personal sacrifice, people... You know, like I said, I wanted you here because I wanted 25 and below young kids to know what you had to go through for standing up for your principles, literally physically when you were battered and bruised and fighting for your life. But uh, a lot of these kids may not know about it. So thank you very much uh, for doing whatever you do. But today you author, sir. So now this author journey is good or politician? Wali? Um, it was fun. I mean, it was difficult fun when I was in politics. Um, it, it was different. You know, I, I used to then afterwards, I blogged and I did my autobiography journey after midnight. 
I wanted to write fiction long time ago, back in the 80s. Uh, and then 84 happened and just one thing led to another. And uh, now I'm writing fiction. And the first novel, The Past is Never Dead. People should buy it. Enjoy. It's the story of an untouchable kid who comes to England, how, how caste ensnares him even in England and follows him. Perfect. So, sir, once again, thank you very much for coming. Uh, I've learned a lot reading you, listening to you over the years. And I, I and I truly mean this. Thank you very much for coming. It's a personal honor for me. I've looked up to you in many ways for so many years. I didn't know you, I you last month. And I hope we meet again and again. And once again, thank you very much. Thank for you. Coming. Thank you. Thank you for your kind words. Thank you. All right, guys, we'll wrap it up. But once again, before we wrap it up, in the description of the podcast, all the details to buy Ujilji's uh, books, his social media handles, everything are there in the description of the podcast. Believe me when I say this, there are very few good people left out there. And Ujjal Dosanj is one of them. Uh, he was like, Beta, I 45 minutes. Se baat nahi karunga. So I stuck to the limit. I stuck to the 45 minute limit. But these are the kind of people that have literally fought for the Indian community, have given their life for the Indian community. And uh, I don't know if, uh, if a lot of people even realize, you know, at times what was given up for us by these people. Like, uh, it, I don't have words. I, I still remember the interview from 1985 of Ujjal Dosanj. I can't share it because CBC will give a copyright strike. But I want all of you to go and Google that interview. When he was actually injured, he was in the hospital. And there was a CBC journalist that went in the hospital and I uh, and had asked him that, what are you going to do after this attack? And Ujjal Dosanj's answer was, I'm going to continue doing what I keep continuing to what I do is fight against these people who are against basic human rights and against freedom and are against liberal values. He's a man who stood up for what he believed in. So I would request all of you, whether you're Indian or not, it doesn't matter. If you're a listener of this podcast, go buy his books. And if you can support, please do support the Charvak podcast. This podcast runs on members only. So if you can, please become a member of the Charvak podcast, whether you're on YouTube or on Patreon or on Fanmo. If you want to buy the merchandise, go and buy it on kushalmehra.com or on Kadak Merch. You can send your donations through UPI. If you cannot do any of this, just subscribe to the channel, like this video, leave your comments in the comment section. If you're an audio-only listener, leave a rating. On Spotify, iTunes, comments over there. I'll see you guys next time. Until then, namaste. Take care. Bye.